0: Welcome back to another episode of the Villa Society podcast, where we analyse the latest fixtures involving Aston Villa and discuss the key aspects that influence the game. I'm your host, Paul James, and today I'll be talking about the hard-fought away match between Aston Villa and Brentford. Now, before we start, I would really love it if you could subscribe or follow the podcast. I know every podcast says this, but genuinely this would make a massive difference. We're a pretty new podcast and any exposure through ratings, reviews, subscribing or following would help us so, so much. It would allow us to put more content out there. So just take a second, look at your Spotify, look at your Apple Music, wherever you consume this podcast and give us a quick follow subscribe or a cheeky rating would be really good it would really help us out so much so if you do do that thank you very much it's much appreciated Now, before jumping into this episode, I think that after the amazing Newcastle result and amazing Newcastle performance, we were all on a bit of a high and it's so easy to get carried away. I know I do as a fan as well, but we are a work in progress. And I think looking down the table at the moment and looking at that relegation battle, I think it's terrifying for any of those fans involved in that relegation battle. And I'm just so happy how far we've come and I'm wallowing in the position that we are in, in the top six, just sat there avoiding any stress of a relegation battle. So what ever happens for the remaining fixtures, I'm going to enjoy it and if we make Europe or not this season, I don't mind. It's really exciting where we are at the moment. It's going to be exciting to see what we do in the summer and how we push on next season. So after what feels like a long, long time, decades of ups and downs, being in the championship, getting promoted, all those ups and downs, it finally feels like we're going in the right direction and... It's exciting times and, yeah, I just think it's good to take a step back after the euphoria of the Newcastle result and just just appreciate where we are and, uh, yeah, look forward to what's going to come. So before we dive into the three key aspects of this game, let's have a look at some interesting stats before the game. We're going to try a new segment for this match review and it's going to be called Stats Blast. So, Stats Blast. Aston Villa, now nine games unbeaten. We would have been six wins on the bounce if we won this game, something we've not done since February 1990, so that would have been incredible, but unfortunately it didn't happen. Watkins, having come into this game, is on the back of 11 goals in 12 games. 69 games in the Premier League for Emery and never involved in a nil-nil draw. That's pretty incredible, right? Emery has become the first manager in Premier League history to see his club score in each of their 19 games in charge. He's a record-breaker. Amazing. What a manager. Since 2022 in March, 42% of Aston Villa attacks have come down the left-hand side. And we saw that again today against Brentford. That's where we got our equaliser. Seven of Douglas Luiz's nine goal involvements in the Premier League this season have come under Emery. Three goals and four assists. Only Ollie Watkins has been involved in more goals, 20, for Aston Villa this season. And finally... Brentford have only lost two games at home this season so yeah that that last stat just goes to show how difficult it is to get three points off Brentford at home so we shouldn't be too disappointed picking up a a very good point away at Brentford so there you have it some really interesting stats going into this game so in this episode we're gonna deep dive into three key aspects that shape the game tactical adjustments by Emery standout player performance and game-changing moments so let's get started Despite not being at the best Villa faced a dominant opponent in Brentford. Villa managed to snatch a late equalizer through Douglas Luiz, but Brentford had been the better side throughout the game and they blew several clear-cut chances including an open goal. So, key aspect number 1 of this game, so the first key aspect of this game, Aston Villa lineup and tactical adjustments. Aston Villa were unchanged from their impressive 3-0 home victory against Newcastle last weekend. Dendonka remained in front of the defence. That calming presence, that control, had a bit of height in there as well. Thomas Frank seemed to have done his homework on Villa though and Brentford managed to stifle us and exploit our weaknesses at fullbacks. Brentford's front three, Mbumo, Tony and Sade played well. Tony got man of the match for Brentford, but I actually thought Mb- Mbumo had a great game. He's just causing us all sorts of issues. He played some amazing through balls and he just terrorised us down that right-hand side. He also assisted their goal as well with a a beautiful cross to the back post. In the first half, Villa tried passing the ball around the back. They also had Martinez going long. I think they were testing out Brentford, trying to see whether they could get the space that they had against Newcastle. Um, It wasn't so though. I think Brentford were closing us down. They were winning the first ball, winning the second ball. And we really struggled to get any space in this game. Having said that, early on, Wendy did test uh, Brentford's goalkeeper, Raya. He had a great run across the centre circle, kept going, they kept backing off him. And he had a shot, curled it with the outside of his right boot. And it was going into the, just inside the post where Raya just got a hand to it and tipped it round for a corner. It was a good opportunity. And at this stage, I thought it was kind of a sign of what was going to come. We were going to be quite incisive and get some opportunities in this game. But it wasn't to be like that. The game didn't follow that pattern at all. Martinez had a great first half. He claimed so many dangerous low crosses that were put in by Brentford. Sade put in some great crosses. Um, Tony was there nearly going to put the ball in the back of the net, but Martinez was just, just a big presence, just smothering the ball and claiming the ball and making the difference there. Moreno also did a key key block he slid in he got he looked like he's out of position and um, and Boomer was there just about to pull the trigger but he he sped up and he kind of got back and did an amazing sliding tackle and put it out for a corner really good key tackle because um, he was going to get a free shot on target there inside the box which could have been the opening goal. Overall in the first half I think Villa were doing all right. Brentford did threaten with some good chances and it looked like we were trying to restrict them to the space just outside our box. I think if you look at the stats um, Brentford are quite dangerous anywhere inside that box so I think Emery was just trying to keep them at arm's length, keep them outside that box which worked for quite a while. Um, In the first half it, it worked, they had lots of chances but we restricted them to being outside the box. Villa's high line also seemed to work quite well. It was catching Brentford offside on numerous occasions. Phil Emery was trying to keep things tight in that first half to frustrate Brentford a little bit and silence that home crowd. We've seen it in other away games. Villa not particularly playing champagne football, but going into the break at 0-0. Frustrating the home support with the intention of kind of coming out in that second half and taking a few more risks and picking off opponents. A classic recent example of this is like Spurs away. We went into the break nil-nil and then picked them off in the second half. 50th minute, Buendia scored, and then the opponent's one-nil down, they've got to come out and take more risks themselves, leaving gaps open and and allowing us to counter them. We saw this against Spurs, Louise picked them off and it's 2-0 to Villa. Great away victory. We've also done this at Goodison Park against Everton, so I think he was trying to do that, trying to go into the break, keep it keep it nice and tight, and then then maybe we could take a couple of risks in the second half and try and win the game and leave with three points. But the the game didn't pan out like this, and I think against Brentford we really rode our luck in that first half and in the first twenty minutes of the second half. I think Thomas Frank knew what was coming, he knew what we were going to do, and Brentford came out of that second half with all guns blazing, really dominated that first twenty minutes. We weren't having the best game, and I think that kind of took us us by surprise. Brentford coming out with all guns blazing, I think. We really found it difficult to get back into this game, and it was only after the Brentford goal that we managed to kind of get some possession and really create something. On to the second key aspect of this game, standout player performance. Martinez in the first half. So, Emi Martinez, he put in an excellent performance in this first half, uh, despite him being unwell. I think he was sick at half time as well. But he made some crucial saves in that first half and he really kept us in the game. One key moment involving Martinez was a fantastic save from Tony's shot. He kept us in the game and it really showcased how quick he is like coming off his line and, and seeing what's happening in his own box. It was Denied Brentford what seemed like a sure goal. It came from a ball from Sade that was driven into the six-yard box. Tony was about to swing and put it in the back of the net and Martinez just completely smothered it. Even in the air, Martinez was commanding his area. He was catching everything. Even at one point, he came out of his box like a sweeper and like swept up. Brilliant sliding tackle. He, he wasn't to notice offside and I don't think the player did either, but it was um, an impressive sliding tackle for a goalkeeper. Unfortunately, Martinez had to be replaced at halftime by Robin Olsen. Uh, apparently threw up at halftime. He had eaten something before the game that didn't agree with him, so he was really must have been really struggling to go off. Um, Olsen came on, and I, I kind of filled me with dread, really, because I went to the FA Cup game against United at Old Trafford, and Olsen was the difference, really, for United. He was just such a different goalkeeper. He—he he can't play out very well from the back, and it just the confidence for, with our defense kind of crumbles when Olsen's playing. So when I saw him coming on, it filled me with a bit of dread actually texted some friends and said, I don't think we're going to get three points from this game. So the game kind of changed on this moment, having in goals. I think our defence doesn't have as much confidence. He didn't do too much wrong in this second half, but it, it kind of made us a lot weaker, I think. So on to the third key aspect of this game, game-changing moments and decisions, spirit and fresh legs. So there's several game-changing moments and decisions in this game. Uh, a missed an open goal. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Sharday. I've got no idea, but yeah, Sharday for Brentford missed an open goal. And Um Bumo again, clipped a beautiful ball over a high line that's going to get caught out now and again. And he headed it towards the goal. Olsen was off his line and he kind of went to save it. I think he should have caught it, but he spills it and then he's on the floor and he's kind of scrambling to get an arm to it. Um And Sharday comes in, nicks the ball and he's, at an angle with the goal and he can just kind of side foot it in if he takes an extra touch but I don't think he knows how much time he's got so he kind of swings at it and uh, doesn't catch it right and slices it and he goes into the side net and it's a massive, massive chance gone and a relief to us really. But after that warning Brentford, piled on the pressure and took the lead in the 65th minute through Ivan Tony. He capitalised on Ashley Young, who was kind of asleep at that far post. It was a great ball from Mbumo. He curls this cross in across our back line and it's at the far post. Ashley Young's there and he kind of positions himself and he looks like he tried. He swings a foot at it. He actually swings his right foot at it, misses it, and Tony's there for a side foot, just side foots it between Olsen's legs and into the back of the net. 1-0 to Brentford. It was a superb cross by Mbumo and Moreno failed to get a block in there. It spun across our six-yard box and Ashley Young was there. He was about to come off for Dean. Chambers was about to come on as well and Chiori. So we were about to make changes, but Brentford just kept playing, kept kept the ball in play and we didn't get a chance to put the changes back on. But we looked like we needed fresh legs at this stage. I'd put a tweet out saying we need to change something because it's not going our way. I think Brentford at this stage were really dominant and a goal was coming. So Brentford had been dominant for this first 20 minutes of this second half and Villa were really struggling and it was only after the goal that we actually started to actually do something and and woke up really. I I think it was due to the tactics. I think Emery was trying to keep it tight with that first half, keep nil-nil, go into the break and then look at the second half and see whether we could like have some key moments where we could get a goal and nick a win. Thomas Frank's Brentford came out and they really went for it in that first 20 minutes and they were dominant. We didn't get a sniff at goal in this period and it's only after we, we went a goal behind that we actually started to play because we had nothing to lose. But fair play to this Villa side. We showed determination, some resilience and some spirit, refusing to give up really. And in the last 10 minutes we came alive and we really pushed for that equaliser. Started to play a bit of football and eventually the pressure paid off. We had the fresh legs on the pitch that came on after 66 minutes and we were trying to get in behind Brentford and get those crosses in. And as we put more pressure on Brentford, they had a early warning sign. Buendia played a lovely ball into Ramsey, he was sprinting at pace into the box. He had a player marking him on his left hand side and he got into the box and it all happened so quickly, I think he like snatched at it a little bit and he, he kind of lofted it over the top of the goal where he could have side footed it in I think but it happened at such speed that it it looks like an easier chance than it actually probably was so going into the last 10 minutes of the game Villa started to play some football we hadn't seen much all day from Villa and Brentford were on top but this last 10 minutes we started to turn the screw a little bit started to get some balls down the left-hand side to Dean and he was putting in some great crosses and it was pinging around in that penalty box and eventually McGinn gets the ball he puts it out there to Dean He's, he's on the wing he's towards the byline but he puts in a quick cross and it pings around a little bit in the box Buendia gets the ball and he side-foots it into the middle where Louise is and he just side-foots it into the back of the net and it's the equaliser and he sprints off passion in his eyes going yes and it's a great equaliser for Aston Villa I loved John McGinn's reaction at this stage he goes over to celebrate with Louise but he kind of grabs in and says come on we haven't got time for this we've got to go and get the winner so just that team spirit there that we can come back usually would have rolled over in one of these games so to see that team spirit and grit and determination to get back into this game and even to go for the winner it's its just a different Aston Villa side and it's great to see. There's something to be said about good teams that play poorly and they still pick up points and that's Aston Villa now. For too long we've had like this soft underbelly where we roll over in a fixture like this if we go 1-0 down at that same stage in a game we just roll over and the opposition would win two or three nil but that's not our team anymore this is a better team and we've got more grit determination and I think we're learning as well so if we don't make Europe this season then I think next season we're going to be a force to be reckoned with So it's that bit of persistence that really paid off in the box. Dinier getting a few good crosses in there, keep persisting with that. And fair play to him for coming on into the team and making that difference. I've gone on about Moreno, how good he is and how he can beat a man and stuff. And Dean can't beat a man, but it was Dean's cross that made the difference here. So fair play. There, I think he got a boot to the head at some point in this game as well. And there was, I I don't understand why it wasn't a foul. He didn't even like stoop down to head the ball. I think the player raised his foot. And if you see Dia goes down, he's been booted just above the eye and it's bleeding. The referee doesn't give anything, just don't really understand that. But fair play for him to get him for getting back up and getting on with the game and having that determination to get that equaliser. At first, when he came on, I wasn't that impressed because he sat quite wide on that wing, and he kept receiving the ball, but he kept looking and then passing it back, looking like he didn't have anyone to pass to or he couldn't go and beat his man. So I thought, oh, here we go. This is why Dean's not as good as Moreno. But he's uh, made me eat my words a little bit because he he did get down that line and then deliver some great crosses and give us the, the help give us the um, the point. So Douglas Luiz's goal really kick-started a late rally for us and we kind of put more pressure on to get that winner. It would have been against the runner player, play, I would have thought, but overall we looked pretty toothless for most of the game. Watkins hardly touched the ball at all throughout the game. It was pretty disappointing, I think. Thomas Frank must have analysed our games and seen these three balls we were putting through to Watkins and seeing the space that he was utilising to get through, clean through on the goal and, and getting those chances. I think they stifled those. Fair play to Thomas Frank for finding out that that's how Watkins is getting most of his goals and shutting that down. It can be argued that we were a little bit lucky in this game. We didn't play the best football and only really started to shine in the last 10 minutes. However, I think like we were determined and we've got that never-say-die attitude now. It ultimately helped us secure a brilliant point. So this result sees Villa still in touching point of Europe, key point away from home and a tricky fixture against Brentford. Even even Tony in his post-match interview said Villa were relentless. So that's credit to us, I think, to keep going in this game, not folding, just keep going, putting the pressure on, trying to be incisive, get some balls into the box and get that equaliser. That's, that's a great, great point, I think, previous Aston Villa teams wouldn't have gone on to get a point here. They would have just folded and lost 2-0 at this stage, 3-0. Even Thomas Frank said there should be only one winner in this game. He said we were close to a complete performance. So if Brentford were close to a complete performance, then us not playing very well and coming away with a point, we should be really happy with that. So there you have it, the three key aspects of this game against Brentford. You had the tactical adjustments by Emery, standout player performance and the game-changing moments. I think the tactical adjustments by Emery, I don't think it went according to plan this week. I think he was playing for nil-nil at halftime like we have done in some games. It doesn't lead to the most champagne football out there, but it can get us a decent away result if we go into the break nil-nil and then pick off teams in the second half. I think he was trying that this week and it didn't work. I think Brentford knew what were coming and they really put the foot down on the gas in that second 20 minutes of the second half. So it didn't go quite according to plan, but against a strong Brentford team, I think... Coming away with a point is a good result for us. So Villa are nine games unbeaten. It's a great record. And uh, yeah, I think we need to get 10 and 11 in the next two games. So we've got Fulham coming up on Tuesday night at Villa Park. And then we've got Man United as well. So there you go. So I think we've already got a team that are fighting. We can see that we've got determination, a lot of spirit in this team. And it's just refreshing to have a team to be proud of. So that's all from today's episode of the Villa Society podcast. We've covered the key aspects in the 1-1 draw between Aston Villa and Brentford. I think it's clear to see that this Villa side under Emery have got more team spirit. They've got character and a bit of determination. And we haven't seen this in Villa sides for many years. So it's great to have a side that's got more character. And we're looking up the table rather than down at relegation. If you enjoy this episode of the Villa Society, give us a follow, give us a subscribe, give us a rating on your podcast provider. That would really help us to put more content out. So we'll be back next week for the Fulham game. And my prediction is 2-0 to Villa. And I'm gonna go for a Watkins goal and moreno is going to get a cheeky goal as well so if you've got a prediction you can jump on our website and send us one at thevillasociety.com send us a little message and the best messages we'll read out in the next episode uh, so until then thanks for joining us and up the villa